Welcome, everyone, to Force of Nature Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew D. Hamilton, and I'm here with my co-host, David Botcher. Terrific. This episode, we are going to be talking about working dogs. Ooh. Dogs with jobs, basically. Uh, and there is, there's too, ma- too many working dogs to fit in one episode. So this is going to be part one. Oh, good. Yeah, we're going to make a two-parter out of it. Uh, I, I like dogs. You like dogs. Yeah. How could you not like dogs? Dogs are the best. Well, and I guess if you had allergies. Or unless you're a cat. <laughs> unless you're a cat. <laughs> or if you got uh, attacked by one as a child and now you have a fear of them. Yeah, that, that that's could be. True, yeah. uh, other than those. If though, you have any of those, please call us. <laughs> well, other than those, those are the only reasons I can think of uh, to not like dogs. I, I like big dogs too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the little yapping, barking dogs. Yeah. They're always kind of the ones that you think you think about, and you're like, God, I want to pick it up and just punt it like a football. <laughs> but you don't do that. But I, I like big dogs myself. So yeah. I think they're yeah. better. Anyway, it's going to be a fun episode and an educational episode. I learned uh, a lot doing the research for this, and hopefully, Dave, you and the listeners are going to learn a bunch too. Right on. And we hope everyone enjoyed our last episode, um, the Ghosts of the Mountain, Snow Leopards. Uh, a really cool animal, and hopefully listeners checked out that crazy video yeah. of the snow leopard and the goat falling off a cliff and the leopard catching it in midair and yeah. biting its neck in midair. It's still the craziest animal footage I think I've ever seen. That and it's crazy. pretty badass, too. Yeah. So go back and check that episode out if you haven't yet. And we only sounded like complete idiots uh, once in that episode, <laughs> and we could not figure out what a square mile was. We took way too long. That took on that. way too long. Yeah, sorry. a little embarrassing. So next time we sound like complete idiots, Dave, you need to edit that out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as always, we are joined in the studio by everyone's favorite cheetah, Professor Cheetor. If Dave edited out every time you sounded like idiots, the show would only be five minutes long. <laughs> uh, I'll be here all week. You know, I can't quite fault him too much on that. He's got a point. Well, he barely has a point. I mean, it is hard when the smartest person in the room is a stuffed cheetah (laughs) that we put a professor outfit on. I like his tie, though. (laughs) It is a good good tie. Three stooges. Yeah, his tie is three stooges, so yeah. Very (laughs) professor-like. And as always, we want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to us. We've been doing well uh, on the downloads and everything, so that's awesome. Thank you, everyone. And if you enjoy the show, something you can do to contribute is go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you use. Give us a review. Give us five stars. Say something you like about the show. You can tell us where you're from. You can say whatever you want, really. It doesn't matter. But the ratings and reviews actually really do help uh, our podcast gain more attention and gain more listeners. Uh, they, They mean a whole lot more than you think, so please go ahead and do that for us. Right, Dave? Yeah. Okay. So... Well, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. And uh, first off, I wanted to talk about something that I learned about dogs while doing research. So there is only one species of dog. Really? One species, and that's Canis familiaris. Huh. And that's the domestic dog. I'm not familiaris with that name. <laughs> but yes, this is the domestic dog, and uh, every dog from a Chihuahua to a Great Dane is under this species. Wow. Isn't that... I, I did not know that. That's crazy, yeah. So uh, dogs come in a seemingly endless number of different sizes, colors, shapes, coats, personalities, and talents. And it's hard to believe that a Chihuahua and a Great Dane are essentially the same animal. <laughs> Isn't that weird to <laughs> yeah. think about it like that? Yeah. It's like uh, twins, you know, uh, uh, Danny DeVito and, uh, <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger together. <laughs> <laughs> but yes... Uh, 
Dogs were likely the, the first species to be domesticated by early humans. And from there, there have been, so they have been selectively bred for various behaviors and attributes and talents. Uh, and I honestly didn't know that they were all the same species, but that's why we call them dog breeds and not dog species. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And uh, so how many dog breeds are there in the world? Well, that depends on who you ask. Of all the world's breed associations, the largest is the World Canine Organization, and they recognize 344 different dog huh. breeds. And by contrast, though, the American Kennel Club only recognizes 202 oh, wow. different breeds. So Leaving 144 different breeds out? Yeah. Sounds pretty snooty to me. <laughs> I think, like, I think of dog shows, and I do think of Snooty. So, <laughs> yeah. This is my, check out my dog's butthole. It's better than your dog's butthole. <laughs> I feel like that's what they do. Yeah. It is funny to watch this, because, and you're like, how the heck? They're like, oh, this one was, this one's totally going to win this time. And you're like, how the heck would you even know? So it's just all such, such a setup, you know? Maybe in part two, we can explore that a little bit. The dog yeah. show, okay. the world of the dog show. I don't yeah. know. Or maybe we'll throw that in there sometime. I mean, that is a job for him. Yeah, it, it definitely is. <laughs> definitely is. Yeah. Maybe we'll throw that in there sometime. Okay. But um, so whether or not a breed really qualifies as a breed is it's clearly subjective. Okay. And there are likely dozens, if not hundreds, of unrecognized breeds. Mm. And there is no precise number of how many dog breeds exist in the world. We don't exactly know. Oh, okay. But uh, very interesting stuff, and uh, dogs are are uh, the best, though. I, don't you love? I love dogs. They're the best. Oh yeah, they're good boys. <laughs> uh, people people have bonds with dogs, unlike any other friendship or relationships that we have. Uh, some people love their dogs like children. Yeah, that can be annoying <laughs> when you have those like dog parents. Yeah, yeah, that could be annoying. Anyway, it's uh, it's no wonder because uh, dogs are the best, and dogs really seem to f uh, feel the same way about us too. So, yeah. Uh, now I could have gone in many different directions for this episode, but what I want to talk about is working dogs or dogs with jobs. And Dave, you've told a few stories in previous episodes about working dogs, so that's kind of how we came up with yeah. the idea. So I'll give you some credit for coming up with the idea. All oh, right, right. On. <laughs> Yeah. And I remember you talked about uh, how St. Bernard's were used to uh, for search and rescue dogs in the Alps in yeah. Europe. Yeah. That was really interesting. And then we've had a bunch of dog stories like uh, from World War One and World yeah. War Two. Uh, Stubby. Stubby. I yeah. can't remember the one that survived the POV camp and everything. I can't remember the dog's was, name. Was that the one you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. did that. Uh, I can't either I can't remember Darn. the dog's name, but it was like, it survived in Japan, in the yeah. POV camp with everybody, yeah. and they, I, they I like hid remember. it in rice bags so they could smuggle it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot, we've had lots of dog stories. We haven't really covered a lot of dog attack stories. Yeah. There has been there, dog attacks. They attack more people than any other animal in, the, in at least in America. But we 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 normally shy away. I normally try to shy away from dogs stories unless yeah. they're super interesting. Well, you did cover a dog attack with the the one crossbow. Of my, one of the most yeah the most the interesting crossbow story. story. Yes, yeah. yes. We, we we will if something like that. Then I'm gonna cover <laughs> that. And I did find a new dog attack story that we'll cover on our next recent one. Oh, okay. So sometimes I like to cover, but I like to shy away because I like dogs. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I just like dogs, so I don't want to do it all the time. I like wild animal attack stories better. Yeah. But uh, what do you say we get started in talking about some working dogs? Let's do it. 
First, I want to talk about Dalmatians. Oh. Dalmatians and how they are associated with firefighting. Okay. That was one thing I was always really curious about that I didn't know. And I was like, we can do an episode, something like that. And that's also how the Working Dogs episode came to be. But this is something, yeah, and uh, I know the answer to this now. Oh, so, okay. Uh, let's get into it. Dalmatians are kind of an, they're kind of an odd breed. They're fairly large and known for their white coat with their black spots. And they are known to be good guard dogs as well as friendly and loyal. Dalmatians being firefighters dates back to the 1800s when there were no fire trucks, no automobiles. Oh, okay. Uh, and they used these horse-drawn carriages. So people realized that Dalmatians would run alongside horses, being able to keep pace with the horses. Uh-huh. And they would even defend horses from other dogs or animals that would um, spook or attack the horses. Oh, so they kept the horses okay. safe. And even back in England in the 1700s, Dalmatians were used by aristocrats to accompany their carriages for protection. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they even became a, kind of a status symbol. The more Dalmatians you had running um, by your coach represented your social standing. Very interesting. So okay. Dalmatians, they're pretty bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> back then, at least. Uh, this use of Dalmatians carried over to the horse-drawn wagons that firefighters rode to uh, a, scene of the fi- a scene of the fire. And when a fire alarm went off, the Dalmatians would run out of the firehouse barking really loud to let, oh. normally they're in like a city, right? Yeah. And to let bystanders know that they should get out of the way because a firefighting wagon will soon be coming out. Oh. And once on the street, say they're going to the fire, the Dalmatians would run beside it and keep barking to make people get out of the way. Okay. And the dogs also served as an important purpose once the wagon approached a fire. Horses are afraid of fire. Oh. And the Dalmatians' presence could uh, distract and they would it would actually comfort the horses as they pulled the wagon closer to a blaze. Oh. Interesting, huh? Yeah, that is. And they also stood guard near the wagon while the people were fighting the fire. They stood guard to ensure that um, like people wouldn't come in and steal equipment or oh. something wouldn't come by to hurt the horse. So they would guard the wagons as the firefighters fought. Oh, right. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So that is the reason. Uh, and so that Dalmatians are associated with firefighting. Interesting. That really is interesting. Because I'd only had seen them on, you know, they would have pictures of them, you know, like when they had the red fire engines, you'd mm-hmm. see a Dalmatian. That That's that's the only thing yeah. I associated with it previously. Well, well, that's, that's interesting. Isn't that, that, this is how it came to be. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, thought maybe they just look good with in red. You know, <laughs> next to with red. Red, <laughs> red behind them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, once automobiles came around, Dalmatians were no longer needed for their job. Oh. But some firehouses in the country have kept Dalmatians around as friendly companions in the firehouse uh, in order to preserve traditions. Yeah, that's good. And uh, some even keep a Dalmatian inside the fire truck while on the job. Mm. So they'll take a Dalmatian with them and and leave it in the truck. Yeah. And they'll just leave it for the same reason, to protect their equipment. Oh, that's good. So the Dalmatian would do that. Might even be good luck. Maybe. But they're kind of now, after automobiles and... Everything they have become the unofficial mascot for firefighters. Makes sense because you see them in all. I remember as a kid seeing like kids' movies, and there's always a Dalmatian in the firehouse. And now you know why they kept the tradition alive for a hundred years ago. So kind of cool. Interesting, yeah. And there is there is one. I did a little bit into into Dalmatians because I don't know a lot about Dalmatians, 
But there is one bad thing about Dalmatians. They are known to have very large puppy litters, sometimes being <laughs> as large as 101. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> then if that happens, you know, a mad lunatic old lady will want to kill them and turn them into a coat. Yeah. I mean, this happens all the time. If you own a Dalmatian, just expect this to happen. Well, they were bourgeois. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that will not happen. But <laughs> I can't remember the last time I've seen 101 Dalmatians. Oh, really? Oh, um, that used to be the girl's favorite movie. Yeah. Um, what year? Do you know what year? That came out? The cartoon? Sixty-nine, seventy-one, somewhere around there. Somewhere I think. Around there. Okay, cool. Yeah, but yeah, Dalmatians are known to have some health issues, particularly uh, deafness. Oh, um, from what I from what I gathered, around eight percent of Dalmatians are deaf. Interesting. Which is a lot. That's a high percentage. That's yeah. like almost. That's just shy of one in ten. So one in one in eleven huh. is going to be deaf. Isn't that weird? That is weird. And the deafness was not recognized by early breeders, so the breed was thought to be kind of dumb and unintelligent. Oh. Have you ever heard that before about Dalmatians? No. I have. I've had um, people say that, aren't Dalmatians kind of dumb and everything? Oh. They're not. They're actually quite intelligent, but it's because of this. They, it's kind of that stigma. Oh, that okay. stigma is kind of carried on even today. Yeah. And many people still think Dalmatians are unintelligent, but they actually are quite smart but many suffer from this deafness that you don't okay. even know about. Yeah. Yeah, it'd lead you to believe that. You're like, sit. Oh, it's stupid. It's stupid animal. Can't even train it to sit. Yeah, uh, but that is um, so a bit about Dalmatians and firefighting. That's interesting. I was super interested in that. I really yeah. liked it. But yes, uh, Dalmatians, they're good boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about our next dog with a job. We're going to talk about sled dogs. Oh, nice. Sled dogs have been used in the Arctic for at least 2,000 years, probably longer. Wow. They were very important back in the day as a primary means of transportation and communication in the harsh Arctic weather. Mm. Some believe that human survival in the Arctic would not have been possible without the assistance of sled dogs. Wow. And the carbon emissions are probably lower. <laughs> yes, a little bit. I mean, they're going to be farting a lot, but... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they were very important to the people up north. And uh, they were most notably used in the late 1800s and early 1900s until automobiles, airplanes, and snowmobiles kind of kind of put them out of work. There's still a lot, they still do a lot of work, but yeah. took them out of their main job, which was to transportation for the most part. And sled dogs are still, yeah, they're still used today throughout more rural communities, especially in Alaska and Canada. Yeah. But uh, nowadays, sled dogs are more used for recreational purposes. Some sled dog teams and mushers—that's what they're—that's what it's called. The humans participating—they're called mushers, and it's oh, called okay. mushing. Being interesting, okay. Yeah, they will uh, compete in races. Yeah. Most notably, the Iditarod. It's the uh, Super Bowl of sled dog races in Alaska. Huh. The Iditarod is a 1,100-mile race that lasts about 10 to 11 days. Wow. And, Dave, the race is... It's like the cannonball for dogs. <laughs> and, Dave, the race is coming up pretty soon. Oh, yeah? It's going to be... They're going to do it in March. And there is a very good chance we... I think we should do a whole episode on the Iditarod. All right. Let's How does do that it. sound? Yeah. I think that sounds like a cool idea, especially since it's coming up. Once it finishes, then we'll... 
talk all about it and we'll talk about what happened in this race. I'm going to be studying cool. the Iditarod. We should, we should commentate it for him. <laughs> <laughs> and the sled dogs are running. They, 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 before I was taking a nap for the night. Uh, still running. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just, we'll just. Oh, he lost a dog there. He lost, lost a, a dog there. Fell off a cliff. He's, he's grabbing the spare. <laughs> grabbing the spare dog from underneath the sled. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I think that we should do a an, an I did a rod. Uh, so we'll do that once it's completed. All right. Yeah. Sometime at the end that. of March, we'll. I I think we're gonna plan on doing that. Okay. And we'll, yeah, we'll follow the race. It, 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 I think it'd be a cool episode. So yeah. um, listeners, plan on an I did a rod episode in the next, upcoming months. Uh, think of think of this as a precursor uh, info for that episode, and there are so there are a few types of dogs that are used as sled dogs. Let's quickly go over them. Okay. First, the first one we're going to talk about is called a Samoyed. Huh. Samoyed. Yeah, I even like wrote it how it sounds. Oh, okay. Uh, they are cool looking dogs with a thick white coat. They look like cotton balls. Oh, okay. They look like cotton balls. And they are native to Siberia. They're medium-sized dogs, about 50 pounds-ish. Um, super fluffy looking. Oh, okay. Uh, and their nickname is the Smiley Dog. Oh, yeah? Because they're super playful and happy for the most part. Yeah. Oh. Hey, you need an energetic dog. Yeah. And they they were uh, originally used to herd and help in hunting reindeer. Oh, okay. In addition to hauling sleds. They're good boys. They're oh, nice. <laughs> Uh, our next sled dog is called the Chinook. Okay. Have you heard of that one? Uh, yeah. Do you know what it looks like? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, it was developed in the state of New Hampshire during the early 20th century. And that, sound, that sounds weird saying they they were developed. Yeah. That sounds weird. In a lab. Well, in a lab. Kind of. <laughs> hey, well, speaking not... of labs, are we talking about labs today? Oh, no, we'll talk about <laughs> labs. I've got his whole segment for labs coming up later, nice. but... Yes, the Chinook, it was developed in New Hampshire, and it's New Hampshire's official state dog. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't look up what Utah's was. Oh, I didn't know there was a... I didn't, I didn't know, know every states state had, had dog. state dogs, so... Cool, we'll have to find that out. Well, yeah, we will have to find yeah. that out. Uh, if, and if anybody else wants to know their state dog, uh, just message us and ask, and we'll figure it out for you. <laughs> uh, but they look different. Then you would associate with a normal sled dog, these Chinooks. They're brown colored and they're pretty good size. They're uh, around 50 to 90 pounds. Uh, they are actually a mix of several dog breeds. The first Chinook, so the very first Chinook, came from breeding a female Greenland dog, which is another sled dog. Uh, which is a more typical looking sled dog. Okay. And then mixed with a male... That was half Mastiff and half St. Bernard. Interesting. So this is this dog's got a lot of different things going on in yeah. it. So kind of interesting. And there are only around 800 registered Chinook dogs in the world. Wow. Only about 100 puppies are born annually worldwide. Are they, are they on the endangered breed list? <laughs> they might be. <laughs> <laughs> They're dogs and children. Sounds like good boys to me. Yeah. <laughs> And today they are used still as sled dogs as well as search and rescue and ski-joring. Ski-joring? Do you know what that is, Dave? No. It's where a person is on skis and he has like two dogs pulling on. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It looks, looks kind of fun, actually. But they uh, the Chinooks are mostly used as family pets now. Okay. 
All right, and our next sled dog is the largest and strongest of the sled dog breeds, and that's the Alaskan Malamute. Okay. I'm sure you've heard of that yeah. one. Malamutes are thought to be one of the first domesticated dog breeds, and they weigh around 75 to 100 pounds and very wolf-like in appearance with real thick fur. They have a long history with people, not only being used as sled dogs, but also used for hunting, including bear hunting. Wow. And they were also used to help hunters find seals in the ice. Oh, wow. That tells you the nose that they they have on them. They were the dog of choice for hauling and, um, or for hauling stuff during World War II. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now, when it comes to them being used as a sled dog, you won't find them being used in any races or anything. Okay. They are more used to haul freight and supplies on a sled than run a race. Okay. Slower in speed, but much more powerful than other sled dogs. Makes sense. We had a we had a neighbor that had a Malamute when we were growing up. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was a big dog. I remember that. Yeah, very a lot cool. of fur, heavy fur. Yeah, know. definitely not a good like. There's you want it indoors so much, but indoors like in a hot climate. Yeah, that would suck for them. Yeah, but they have a good temperament and very fond of people. Uh, sometimes used as therapy dogs, like uh, visiting patients in hospitals, due to their soft nature and oh, they're okay. so fluffy. You know, people want yeah. to pet them. Yeah, but they do not make good watchdogs, oh. uh, as they do. They don't tend to bark much at all, huh. which is interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, they don't bark much at all. I thought that was weird because our yeah. next breed is won't shut up. <laughs> but um, I think it's fair to call Malamutes good boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, our last one we will talk about are huskies. Yeah. I'm sure you know about huskies. Yeah. Now there are actually two types of huskies. Two main types, the Siberian Husky and the Alaskan Husky. Oh, okay. Um, They are very similar with um, uh, just a few differences. They're built a little bit differently, but about the same size. Uh, They both have a wolf-like appearance with a thick coat. They average around 40 to 60 pounds, so kind of a medium-sized dog. Uh, Both Huskies are high-energy and mischievous. They really are. Uh, and they're escape artists too. Huskies are, <laughs> I know people with Huskies and they are always getting into trouble all yeah. the time. They're extremely smart and that's they're very kind smart. of why they end up getting mm-hmm. in trouble. Yeah. And especially if they get bored, that's when it, the, yeah. it could really go wrong. So you got to so keep them much energy, so yeah. much energy. Yeah, you're right. And I remember like two years, two years ago, I was dog sitting for my friends. They, and they have a golden retriever named Louie, Louie. <laughs> I think that's a good name because nice. Louie, yeah. Louie. And a Siberian husky named Sansa, oh, after okay. the Game of Thrones character. Yeah. And I know they were they were both troublemakers, but man, I didn't know how much. <laughs> like I've hung out with the, the, the dogs before, and I hung out with them, but I'm not overnight by myself. Uh-huh. And I left them alone for like two hours, and accidentally left the bedroom door like barely open, right? And um, I ke- I come back, and they they had gotten up onto the dresser, and they chewed up my glasses. <laughs> so pissed off <laughs> chewed up my glasses brand new glasses too oh my goodness i think it, i think it was louie that did it but sansa like egged him on i bet <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yes very mischievous oh oh and then uh so not too long ago i met the cutest little siberian husky 
named Violet. Oh, uh, it was she was oh she was so cute, Dave. Right on. Uh, husky puppies are oh they're adorable. I hope I get to see Violet again soon. She was so cute and yeah. very yeah. I think she's being trained well. So right on. I want to yeah I'd like to see Violet again. She's probably big by now. Oh, it was yeah, like probably. two or three weeks ago since I've seen her. But yeah, we it, had a we had a husky growing up uh, across the street from us when we were growing up. And yeah, that's he, he had he was fenced in the front yard, so we could see him a lot. But yeah, he had so much energy. It's so crazy. Their energy. eyes are so, so like whitish blue. It's Sometimes, piercing, yeah. You know? Sometimes they can be um, blue and brown. <laughs> oh, dog really? Oh, yeah. And that's not super uncommon either. Okay. So that's only the Siberians. The Alaskan ones don't do that. Oh. The Alaskan ones have brown eyes. I remember that. Okay. But yeah, they're pretty, and, that, and their paws are little. They're they like look like cats. Yeah, like. You'd think it's a puppy still growing because you know how their paws yeah, they got get big, big feet. first. Big feet. Yeah, but fully grown, their feet are still bigger. You think yeah. they must still be growing, but no, they're just how they are. Yeah, they got big feet. It helps them in the snow. Yeah, this thing would just jump up and down all day. <laughs> if you <laughs> get close to the fence, he's wee wee wee. He's got so much energy. Was, was he was he friendly? Oh yeah, yeah, he's okay. very friendly. Yeah. But yeah, husky and huskies are very vocal dogs too. Yes. Sometimes they make sounds that almost sounds like human words. Yeah. Have you heard it's it? It's not just a bark. It's, it's like they're it's, speaking. It's, it's not just a whine. Yeah. It's more than a typical dog would do. I think they're, they're, they might be the only dog who does it. They're the only ones I'm aware of that they, they make like human sounds. It's yeah. really funny. Yeah. Uh, they are super mischievous, but they can be very good pets and they just need lots of exercise and good training. Yeah. And Dave, do you remember the famous sled dogs, Balto uh-huh, and, yeah. and Togo? Uh, we, and back in um, 19, I think it was 1925, they delivered the vaccines to yeah. uh, Nome in Alaska. That's kind of a famous story. Yeah. And they were both Siberian Huskies. And, and Disney Disney just did a new thing on, had a new, like a live action series on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, on okay. that. Well, on not sorry, not on the dogs themselves. But that story. Yeah. Oh, okay. I check yeah. that out. I'll, yeah, I'll check that out again. Yeah. We we've talked about uh, them in back in our celebrity animal episodes. Oh, did, did, yeah. Okay. We, we talked. Oh, about, yeah, we did. We went yeah. over Balto. Yeah. yeah. But um, Siberian Huskies are great sled dogs, but from what I gathered and I read, it seems like Alaskan Huskies are used more often nowadays as sled dogs. Especially for um, racing long distances. Okay. Like the Iditarod racing dogs, I believe, are mostly, almost all um, Alaskan Huskies. Okay. Um, I'll find out more when we cover the Iditarod. Yeah. I'll find out more about Huskies, or Alaskan Huskies in particular. I know a little bit about Siberian, but um, all Huskies, I think they're good boys. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, they can be they can be mischievous. So yeah, we'll they eat glasses. That's isn't that the oddest thing? Yeah, out of everything on there, chewed up my gl- didn't eat it, just like chewed them up and like, get eh. the dog treats. No, no, I'm good. I'm going for something else. <laughs> I want some glasses. <laughs> and it's weird. The dog I the dog I live with, uh, it's my roommate's dog. But she's a great dog. Her name is Leia. She is a weird looking dog though. Yeah. She's um you yeah you've met her a couple uh-huh. times, but her, apparently her mother was a golden retriever. Oh. And her father was a King Charles Shepherd Spaniel. Interesting. And then she also said that there's some chow chow in there. Oh, wow. So, and she's, she's kind of looks like a golden retriever, but she's black. Yeah. <laughs> she's black. She looks like a golden, the hair is golden retriever. And she also looks like a wiener dog. Yeah. She's really long, got real short legs. She's a, probably 50 pounds. 
she's but, mid-size, mid-size. Yeah. She's such a good dog, but um, she she has a she loves to chew up chapstick. <laughs> uh, that's her thing is chapstick. And then the other day, I um I left some beef jerky on my bed. <laughs> I, like it's kind of a midnight snack. It's a little bit of beef jerky, but I left it on on my bed when I left for work, and I left yeah. my door open. Come home. Beef jerky bag all, bag all chewed up. She definitely got into that. Oh, I wasn't man. really mad at her. I was like, yeah, that kind of figure. You leave beef jerky out for a dog. Yeah. My, our dog did that to my dad once. My dad actually made beef jerky, so he had got some good deer meat from someone and made mm. some jerky. He's like, sweet. And he hid it from us kids under his bed. Mm-hmm. Well, dog found it. And <laughs> <laughs> ate oh, it all. all of it? Oh, so yeah. much trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, dogs will do that. All dogs will do that. It's pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't too mad at, at Leia because I was expected that. She's too what cute. Are, she's she's a really good. She's a super uh, lovey dog. I I yeah. really like the my roommate's <laughs> dog that I live with. Uh, so that part's great. All right. So now uh, these are kind of the main sled dogs, the ones we went over. But there are others that we should uh, mention or name drop. There's the Canadian Eskimo dog, very okay. very husky looking like. Uh, the Greenland dog, also husky looking like, and there's numerous non-sled dogs that have been used before. Uh, everything from poodles, oh, Irish wow. Irish settlers, uh, Labradors, uh, Newfoundlands, Chow Chows. Chow Chows are um, cool looking dogs. Have you ever seen them before? A, a Chow, like uh, the Chinese ones. The Chow. There's the Chow Chow. It's, it's called Chow Chow. I don't know. Oh, okay. But yeah, they're kind of cool looking. Huh. Um, and then also St. Bernard's have been used. Oh, okay. See them. Sled dogs, they are hard-working dogs for sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely. So I'm, I am excited to talk about the Iditarod and more about sled dogs yeah, when we cover it. So I think that'll be a fun episode. Yeah, I can see that, you know, the Huskies are a smaller dog. If you think about it, maybe that's why they have so many on one sled, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, when you, then you think about a Newfoundland, you're like, pfft. Two, two, two is all you need. Yeah. But I'm sure it's not going to go as fast either. Yeah, and there was something I remember. Uh, we'll cover it in the idea rod, but it was something with their breathing and how they're able to maintain the long distance. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I saved it on on my phone, so I'll be able to tell you all about it. But it was super interesting oh, okay. how they use their energy stores. It's totally different than us. Oh, that would be interesting to learn. So yeah, we'll talk about that in the idea rod episode. Okay. All right, so our next working dog is one that we are very familiar with. In fact, there is one in your backyard right now. Ah. <laughs> so I am talking about uh, Labrador Retrievers. Mm. Now, Labs are a diverse working dog. They're able to do many different kinds of work. Uh-huh. So we are just going to talk about them as duck hunting dogs. Okay. Just that. Because okay. they do so many other things. But we're just sticking with duck hunting dogs. And that's classified as a, a sport uh, dog in, um, in terms of its working class? Probably. Sport okay. working dog. I don't know. Whatever okay. you want to call it. Uh, but the dog in Dave's backyard is the family dog, I guess you can say. Yeah. Uh, normally it's at my parents' house, but you've been having her for a few months yeah. now. Yeah. She's a, she's a good, she's oh, a good yeah. girl. <laughs> she is. Uh, has, has she been good for you? Yeah. She's got a lot. She's got a lot of energy. A lot too. of energy. Yeah. But that's, yeah, it's good. She's so friendly. She's, it's odd. Cause she's never barked at another dog. She's never gotten in a fight with another dog. She's always, Mm-mm. it's like, that's not a, 
it's odd because you know once in a while you don't she is a, a weird dog, dog though. Be certain, yeah. She she's definitely an, a, yeah, an odd dog. She's never done it. In fact, we have a cat, mm-hmm. and we were a little nervous about it too. And finally, we kind of, we you know we we how do you say we kind of weaned it a bit, you mm-hmm. know, try to make them mean. To know each other, mm-hmm. yeah. And she's at a point where she's like, oh, I just want to sniff him. She sniffs him and goes off. It's like. She doesn't hate it. It's like she doesn't hate anything. No, she's oh her name's ducks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, her her name is Roxy, by the way. Yeah. The dog, our family dog. Yeah, you named her, didn't you? No, I didn't oh, name I her. If did. it was up to me, her name would have been Rogue. Oh, that I mean, that's a cool good. name, right? Yeah. I think mom named her. Oh, okay. It was like Roxy, but it's obviously it grows on you. Yeah, it's a good name. But uh, Roxy is a working dog, and actually, she only has to work, well, less than four months of the year. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's how long the duck season is. But um, Roxy is our duck hunting dog, and she is a great hunting dog. Um, Duck hunting and pheasant hunting are really the only types of hunting I've really ever done. And probably you too, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy it. Even though, God, we had a really bad year this last year. Yeah. For whatever reason. I've never been skunked so much in a year before. I don't know what it is. But your son also shot his first duck this year, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it only took him how many shots? (laughs) 30 (laughs) shots? One in 30? Well, some of those is uh, practicing, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But he did get one. Yeah. So good for him. But uh, Roxy, she, she might love hunting more than all of us. I th- I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure she does. She is a great hunting dog, too. Uh, and we were smart to whistle train her. Uh-huh. Uh, whistle once to have her stop and stay. Then point in the direction you want her to go. Say she didn't see where the duck went. Yeah. Then you point in that direction and you uh, blow twice. And then she she goes in that direction most of the time. Yeah. It's, um, it, yeah, it's interesting with the signals because even forward and backward, they're they're different signals. You know, mm-hmm. you like what, was it back? You put your head hand put your hand the behind back. your head. She knows it. Yep, she knows it. Yeah. She knows where to go. Uh, and, and then you blow continuously. That means for her to come to come here, uh, and it's been very effective with Roxy. Yeah. And man, she is relentless when chasing ducks. Oh yeah. She will not stop until she gets it. Yeah. And I've seen her sniff out ducks. Uh, I never thought she would find. She is, she's, um, re- and she just finds them out of nowhere. Sometimes we're out there, we didn't even shoot a duck, but <laughs> yeah, she she'll just find like a random duck that <laughs> was in the weeds and she'll just go and pick it up and bring it back. She, yeah. That happens all the time. She's caught, she caught her own pheasant once. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't, like, I didn't even shoot it. She just went, she got it. <laughs> she got the pheasant. Yeah, it's funny too because she's—I don't know whether it's instinct or what—but it's got to be. She loves to um, when she gets something, when she gets it, it's a—you know—it uh, might be a little morbid, I guess, to say this, but when you when you shoot the duck, you you, you know you wring the neck, you know. Well, if it's not dead, yes. yeah. And and so Roxy, whenever she gets one, or yeah, I say even when even when she retrieves a dummy, she'll—it's you know—it's that it's that neck thing where it's like. She doesn't do that Go back and forth. She doesn't do that too much. Well, yeah, I know your dad. Your, yeah, your dad ta- tries to teach him not to do yes, that. Yes, but it I've is seen a problem. Him, I've seen him do it, and she does it to dummies, especially like when you're playing with a tennis ball or something. Yeah, right she'll at do the it beginning, with that. She's just so excited. She'll just go like. She'd rather sit there, you know, shake know, how, how you, yeah. shake aggressively with yeah. the, with the, like shake the the dummy or ball yeah. in her mouth around. And then she it, doesn't do that with ducks. 
Oh, really? That's no, interesting. No, she, she, she's really good at bringing them back, which is oh. a, a good trait for a hunting dog is you want them to be able, you don't want them to rough up the duck. Yeah. I, Lucy would. I remember that. Our, our, our dog Lucy, yes, she would. Yeah, she uh, would. Before in fact, Roxy. it was like the more the duck made her work, she'd be more angry more than the duck. <laughs> and so you'd hear her with, She'd come back ashore and she'd have it. She, you'd hear her growling too, going, and she's yeah. shaking as yeah, much Lucy as she would can. Do it. Yeah, Lucy would do it. Lucy, she wasn't nearly as uh, well-trained as Roxy. That's funny. But Lucy was our dog before yeah. Roxy. But yeah, I think that might be an instinct too, because to, that's, yeah, you know, it is. to finish it off kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Roxy is a black lab, our dog. Yeah. Uh, labs normally come in three colors, uh, black, chocolate, or blonde. And labs are medium, large to large dogs, around 60 to 85 pounds. I believe Roxy is right around 60, 65 pounds. Yeah. Uh, and they have webbed feet, which makes them excellent swimmers. Perfect for duck hunting. Yeah. Uh, lab puppies can come in any color that their mother or father was. So, like, uh, a male was black, a female was blonde. And there's eight puppies. Four could be black. Four could be blonde, or any okay. number, any mixture of that. So, and they're pure, they're not they're not like a mixed black and blonde. It's it's straight black or straight blonde. Okay. And lab puppies, they're the cutest. They they are, are so, so cute. cute. Uh, okay, no, another quick sidebar. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I was a, you, you, I'm sure you remember this, but when I was a teenager. My uh, the dog before Roxy uh, was a blonde lab named Lucy, mm-hmm. and one day we had one of those big windstorms that we'll have like once a year here. And the uh, part of the fence blew down in the backyard. And I came home from, I think it was football practice and saw two dogs in the backyard, Lucy and some other male dog. <laughs> Another, it looked, it looked like a blonde lab, but we were okay. never fully sure. And so I called the owner and they came and got him. He was a good boy. He was a good boy. <laughs> but uh, a few months later, Lucy has nine puppies. <laughs> Lucy got, uh, she got knocked up after a, a one afternoon stand. Must have been wild. <laughs> the wind, just like the windstorm. Well, I'm glad I, I didn't come come back home and see him doing it in the backyard. I'd, I'd had a <laughs> Wait, Matt, isn't that your favorite thing about Adam? <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's your favorite thing to learn about. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, I had to go grab the hose and spray it on to get him off. But oh, really? That's oh, what wow. I'd be able to had to, that, to get him off. Yeah, because oh, I didn't yeah. know that dog. <laughs> Could have been raping her for all I know. <laughs> but um, those puppies, she had she had nine puppies. They were so cute. Do you yeah. remember them? Uh-huh. I'll, I'll always remember walking into the backyard and having nine little blonde fur balls just run at you, and it was it was the best. They yeah. and then lay down and have them crawl all over you. Oh. <laughs> It was just have them licking you and nibbling on your fingers. Yeah. Oh, it was the best. I love puppies. There is such a cute relationship with dogs and humans, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, Especially puppies. It just seems so natural. Yeah. yeah. Puppies are the best. Yeah. All right. Well, labs do have, uh, they, do, they do many things and have many jobs. They have a great sense of smell that makes them a good detection dog for police or military. Uh, good service dogs mm-hmm. to help with therapy. Um, hunting dogs. And a great family dog. Uh, they're actually they're kind of too friendly and trusting of strangers to make a real suitable guard dog. Yeah, but um, yeah, most of the time that's the case. And they're they're very even tempered, outgoing, and all around good boys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it comes from they just have 
I, they, I think they have some of the, one of the strongest natures of just wanting to please man or yeah. you know, do something for man, be around them. They just mm-hmm. have such a stronger bond, I think. Yeah, and labs are, well, they're extremely popular too. Yeah. Uh, actually, they have been the most popular dog breed in the U.S. for many years in a row. So I they are that, they yeah. are the most popular one in the U.S. You want to know the top ten? Yeah. All right, well, I'll name them off for you. Okay. So number one is Labrador Retriever. Two, this is in the U.S., uh, two is German Shepherd. Okay. Th- uh, then Golden Retriever. Mm-hmm. And then French Bulldogs. Oh, interesting. And then um, number five, Bulldogs. Oh, I love me a Bulldog. Yeah, Bulldogs are cool. Our uh, neighbor and my parents, the neighbor to my parents' house, they have a, I forget the name of it. Tank. Tank. Aptly named, yeah. <laughs> he looks, he's, he, just, he looks big and dumb. And, and, and he, just the way he goes around is always, <laughs> you know, you hear him growling. Or, he's snorting. He's not even really growling. Yeah, the snorts, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's like, sometimes those bulldogs and pugs and uh, dogs like that, they're like so ugly. They're just, <laughs> that makes him cute. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. And then six uh, poodles. Oh, okay. Wow. Kind of a bougie dog, yeah, I think. I don't too. see him much around here anymore. No, I, I don't. I don't know much. I don't really know anything about. Poodles. I just associate them with a rich French guy. <laughs> I want some wine and my poodle right here. <laughs> but um, and then number seven, beagles. Okay. Uh, number eight, Rottweilers. Oh. Nine, uh, German Shorthair Pointers. Mm, which are, they're actually used as hunting dogs as well. Okay. Mostly used for upland game, like pheasants. Oh, okay. And then number 10 are Welsh corgis. Oh, okay. Those so, are cute. Yeah, yeah, pretty interesting, huh? Yeah. And training labs is actually a business, too, to in yeah. order to, to train them to be able to hunt. It's a business. And, and um, our brother-in-law has done this with his, with his dogs, sends them to a trainer as a pup. Uh-huh. And the trainer spends, I'm not sure how long, but several weeks or months, and then trains them how to be a proper hunting, duck hunting dog, then gives it back to the owner and charges them a bunch of money. Pretty expensive, I believe. But a good business, though. Yeah. If you don't want to train the dog yourself, do that. Yeah. No shame in that. But um, we could go on forever about labs. Oh, uh, yeah. I absolutely love them. I, I do wish that... I do wish... This, so our dog, Roxy, she is weird. Like, she... I, I do wish that she was a little more lovey. Oh, she's just too excited. Yeah. yeah, she... I wish she was a little more lovey and not so psycho about playing fetch. <laughs> That's all she wants to do. Yeah. But... You, you could throw it all day. I don't think she would ever stop. No, she wouldn't. She, yeah. She'd go... I've never tried just because I'm, I'm I'm done. <laughs> she'll, she'll want to cool down and get into some water at one point, but then give her a moment. She'll, she'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? She's still a good girl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Dave, I believe you have something for oh, us yeah. as well. So yeah. why don't you hit us with it? So this is an interesting one. I have, this is more a specific story of a, of a dog, but they do have do- more multiple dogs that do this. Um this is interesting because I hadn't ever thought of this before, but I guess now they've class because I I thought you know working dogs had certain classes mm-hmm. uh, in terms of what they do as their job. This one is a sniffer dog. Sniffer dog. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that before this, but but yeah, I guess that's what what they would call him. But this is a dog. His name is Captain Ron. Captain Ron. Yeah, he's a beagle. <laughs> Does he wear a? I picture him wearing like a sailor outfit with a sailor cap. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, he's a beagle. Okay, beagle, and, I like beagles. Yeah. They got they got those big fluffy ears or those they're you know, dro- they're droopy. droopy ears. Yeah. yeah, droopy ears. Yeah, and they they uh, uh, or he's used to sniff out uh, turtle nests. Turtle nests. Yeah, in fact, he works for Disney. 
Mm. Mm. Kind of oddly why I picked it, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he works for Disney. He sniffs out turtle nests along the floor along in Florida. Oh wow! Um, what 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 they do is because they want to study them and they want to try to make sure because you know some turtles, uh, the way they come out, the turtles will come on shore, they lay their eggs and then they take off. You know, mm. and with all of the activity that. Oh, I get you're going for building. You know, it's it can, where they lay their nest can become a dangerous spot, and they'll yeah. lay you know hundreds of eggs. Uh-huh. So it, it if you know, you don't do they help protect the nest? Yeah. So what oh, they do okay. is they spot the nest. They they'll have he'll he'll sniff out the nest. They dig them up, and they take them to a lab, put them in a nesting facility, and when they're ready to hatch, they they put them back oh. so they can safely go into the water. Cool. And that helps the, with their conservation. Yeah. Um, yeah. This. Uh, it was interesting because he um, he started he was trained at around two years old. Um, he was taught to train. The way they trained him was they they get the there was a certain fluid that the you know that they use the mother mm-hmm. the mom turtles secretes laying uh-huh. the eggs. They said, oh, we use that fluid and get him used to that. That's what he's going to sniff out. Right. Because they found out that if we have him sniffing out shells or or sniffing out the scent of eggs, he could get. The wrong eggs, he could get eggs that are already dead or spoiled, okay. or he could get eggs that have already hatched. So it's so, the liquid that yeah. comes from the egg. Yeah, so they okay. grabbed some of that liquid, put them in vials, and trained him on that. Mm-hmm. Trained him, you sniff, this is what you go for. And so he got, he was trained. I think I think they said it took something like six months. It wasn't long. Trained right. him on it and uh, took him out. Bam. Right off. Wow, He's finding him. Cool. So, yeah, it was really interesting. So it's like, Wow. And he gets him within eight centimeters. That's within three inches. Oh, he knows exactly. He'll he'll sniff him out. And they say he sniffs them. They're like this. This has helped us in that you know usually they know where the the turtles will try and lay, mm-hmm. and and so they'll kind of gauge that way. But they're buried. They bury them, and so they're not exactly sure. He'll he'll sniff him out within a minute. <laughs> He's like, and it would probably take us maybe at least thirty minutes trying to find so, it and then dig it out. But he sniffs it right out. Wow. He's trained to point, but I guess. He doesn't always, but they know when he's. They can read him. Yeah. yeah, but they should, there was a video of him do at work, you know, doing it. And he's, he's nose just completely buried in the sand. I'm like, he's got to come up for air sometime, but he's so dedicated. Like here, it's uh-huh. right here, you know. Oh, so he points at this now and just, yeah, like literally buries just it. Just leaves the it there. That's cool. Yeah, and so it's it's interesting. And they have stuff like man, he was he's done really well. His record was great. He started in in the month of June. And he got 22 uh, out of 24 correct. Wow. And that was pretty good. And then after that, he had no uh, false positives or false negatives. Mm-hmm. He got them all straight on, you know. Pretty interesting stuff. Oh, that's really cool. I, I thought that was interesting. And there's more dogs that have been doing that, too. They've got one that they they did they do in Texas because um, there's, a, there's a road um, along the coastline. And a lot of the turtles like to, to cross it. Yeah. And so that was one of the aspects there. Like, no, we've got, this has really helped. And it's really brought the turtle numbers back up. So it's yeah. great having this because the dog will sniff it out. They'll take, they take them to the nesting facility and then put them back on the other side of the shore when they're, when they're going to hatch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's a good con- conservation idea. Yeah. But that was, I thought that was interesting. A good sniffer dog. It was, and you can use lots of, I mean, dogs are just so amazing with that stuff. They yeah. Can, you can, you can train them to sniff anything. Yeah. They, they do it. <laughs> You got just, one? Oh, oh nice. our okay. next one is going to be surprising. But yes, you can train a dog. To, like the, when we trained Roxy to uh-huh. do ducks, we tie a duck wing to oh. the dummy. And so she gets the scent of a duck. Oh, okay. So you can do that with all kinds of dogs. And 
This one's going to surprise you. Oh, I think. okay. Like, so our next work and dog. Well, that was a good story, by the way. Oh, thanks. Good yeah, job, yeah. Dave. Yeah, you can train him to sniff out anything. But our next work and dog is... So this is going to be more of a an industry than a specific dog breed. Oh, okay. Several dogs do this, which I'll I'll talk about, and I'll get into those. But the industry is very interesting. I had I learned so much. It was I'm fascinated by this topic, and that you know it is it's truffle hunting. Oh, I did hear that. I, <laughs> do you know what that is? That. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I. Truffling, truffle hunting is so cool now. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, and, and I've heard of it before, but I never knew what... I didn't know what a... Tr- I don't know what... Didn't know what truffle was. I'm anyway. not rich enough to eat one. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I thought it was... I thought it was chocolate. And it is, but that's not what these dogs are hunting. Tr- truffles, what are they? This is you, like a mushroom, wasn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, well... Do you, yeah, I'll tell you about it. They are... Well, they're culinary gold. Oh, Okay. Worth a lot of money, and they are so. What they are is a subterranean fungus that grow around tree roots. Oh, and they look like a piece of you know, like boneless chicken nugget. Interesting. Or like a lump of coal. That's interesting. (coughs) (coughs) All right. (laughs) They don't look like anything special at all, but they have a strong perfume which dogs can sniff out underground. Huh. And I don't recall ever having truffle before. Do you have you? No. <laughs> uh, maybe I did because I, when I was in France and Italy, maybe I did try but I just don't recall oh, okay. or don't remember. But apparently they smell terrific and taste terrific. Um, I'm sure some someone one of our listeners has had to have truffle before and that could attest to that. Yeah. But there are two main types of truffle. There's black and white, but there are many subspecies of each. Okay. okay? And white truffles are much more rare than black. Oh. And they are hunted at different seasons of the year. Different species are hunted at different times. Okay. Uh, The white ones are worth more due to their more intense aroma and flavor and rarity. Okay. And I watched hours of, <laughs> I watched hours of truffle videos, guys. And the, 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 I watched hours the other day and I, I found it's so fascinating. I don't know why I'm so into it. Did now. it make you want, want a truffle now? I want a truffle. Yeah. I definitely nice. want a truffle. And I was like bringing truffles up at work today and was like, so do you guys know anything about truffles? <laughs> I just wanted to talk about truffles. It's weird. <laughs> the truffle shuffle by truffle, truffle goodies. Yeah. <laughs> truffle shuffle. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know why I learned. I, I enjoyed learning about truffles. And yeah. truffles, you know, Costco doesn't sell them, then everyone could try them. Yeah. <laughs> well, truffles can't be found everywhere, though. They're they're very stubborn and can only be found in very specific conditions. Okay. Uh, the soil needs to be just right and must be a certain tree root concentration for them to even grow. Oh, wow. So very specific conditions. Okay. Uh, and this is very hard to replicate uh, what I mean is farming truffles is very oh, diff- is very difficult. Then, yeah. Well, what, do you, what are you going to do? Have a greenhouse full of these certain trees? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's been done before, but only resulting in like small quantities. It just doesn't. It's been done, but it not well. Okay. That I'm aware of. So if you want to be a farmer and strike it big, uh, figure out a re- reliable way to farm truffles. There you go. It will be a gold mine. <laughs> but uh, many have tried and many have failed doing that. Okay. Uh, 
And so once a truffle is unearthed, it has a very short shelf life. Only mm. about five or six days is oh, it okay. going to be good after you pull it from the ground. Think of, I think of them like truffles are like bananas in many ways, that they can be too ripe, too unripe. Uh, there's a short window when they're just right. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. And you can, re- I mean, you you can refrigerate them and make them last longer, but for the most part. And uh, so, why are truffles so expensive, and how expensive are they? Uh, they're expensive for a few reasons. They are very difficult to collect. Hmm. You have to collect one at a time using specially trained dogs. And I'll, like I said, I'll get more into the dogs in a bit, but okay. uh, yeah, specially trained dogs to do this. And you can, you can only find them in a few places around the world. They are best known to be found in, this is where like the upper, the upper echelon of truffles. They are found in parts of France and then in like the Tuscany region of Italy. Oh, okay. That's where they're most prominent. That's where they're most well known. Okay. And yeah, this is kind of where the the best hunt, um, hunt the best um, truffles are too. They're here. Okay. <clears throat> and they are there's they're they're in other parts of Europe as well, but in the U.S., to my limited knowledge, the only place I know where you can hunt them are in the forests of Oregon and Washington, kind of oh, the rainforest areas. Okay. And I watched a few videos from those areas, and there's there's a small industry kept alive in the, in those areas. Huh. Like they'll go and sell them to restaurants nearby, okay. but it's very small compared to the European one. Yeah. And there is also an industry in China, but from what I learned in the videos, the Chinese ones are kind of crap. Oh, really? The uh, Chinese ones don't have near the flavor of the uh, French and oh, interesting. Italian ones. Uh, real truffle connoisseurs can tell a difference just by smelling them. Oh, okay. Yeah, and... Okay, so they are also expensive due to the quick turnaround time you have to sell them and use mm-hmm. them. You know, you got like a week. Yeah. If you refrigerate them, maybe a little bit longer, but not not that long. Yeah. So people go through a lot of work to sell them. So there's that plays a factor as well. So there's a lot of factors into why they're why they're expensive. Okay. So how much do truffles sell for? There are factors that depend on the cost, but we're just going to, we'll give some estimates right here, okay? Okay. So truffles are mostly priced by the ounce. Um, Lower quality truffles, such as Oregon black and like Chinese black truffles, run about three to six dollars per ounce. Okay. Uh, Mid range truffles, like the summer black truffles in Europe, are around $10-ish per ounce. Oh, okay. The most expensive black truffles in the world are called uh, Perigord truffles. They go for about $35, $40 an ounce. Jeez! And the most expensive ones, the Alba White Winter Truffles, go for $120 to $130 per ounce. Wow. Pretty expensive, huh? Yeah. A pound of that's going to cost you over 1000 then. I think crazy? it was, um, oh yeah, they did it by a kilo. So a kilo, I learned, is 2.2 oh. 2 pounds. Okay. And it was like five grand for Jeez. one of these, for a kilo of that. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that is, that's expensive for it's truffles, crazy, right? crazy, yeah. So, this, and this is kind of recently that this happened, but the most expensive white truffle ever sold 
It was a two-pound truffle. Guess what it sold for? Uh, how much? $300,000. What? I don't get it either. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, $300,000 for this one white truffle. That is crazy. I remember they, like, I watched, it was in a video I saw, and they had it, like, in a lockbox. It was so bizarre. Uh, yeah. What when the... That's, that, I'm speechless oh about goodness. it, too. What are you going to do? Hang it on your wall and then let it deteriorate? <laughs> I don't know. You're going to spend 30... Who, who has $300,000 just just blown to away eat, by this. Just to eat it, you know? I don't know. It, Serious. It might have been like an auction or something. I would I would that think it was. nuts. I mean, it had to be an auction, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. had to be an auction and maybe for charity. I don't know. Maybe whoever bought it didn't really know what a truffle was. <laughs> Oh, that looks tasty. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I just remember reading that part of it. Wow, that is nuts. Yes, but let's uh, let's quickly go over what truffles are even used for and who buys them. Okay. Uh, probably the main people that buy truffles are high-end restaurants. Okay. They're the ones who want them. Uh, if truffles are on the menu, it means you're high. It's a high-class place. And professional chefs, they love when they can use truffles. Dude, I should, if I ever open up a restaurant, I'll put truffles on the menu. And every time someone asks, sorry, we're out We're today. out. But Everybody we're super fancy. <laughs> well, we're super fancy, right? <laughs> we're just always out of truffles. Yeah. Hey, try the uh, $50 uh, hamburger, please. Yeah. <laughs> the $50 linguine. Yeah. Yes. But um, when used at a restaurant, the truffles are normally, this is the main way they use them, is that they are shaved onto different dishes. Oh, okay. As like uh, an enhancer, a flavor enhancer. Oh, okay. Shaved onto different like pastas and any number of foods. You can do it to anything. I saw people doing it on eggs. Oh, okay. So you, so you don't just take a bite out of no, it. No, you don't take a bite. You you, you shave it off. You know, uh -huh. you get what I mean by that, right? Yeah. So you shave it off onto like a grater, your, yeah. yeah, like a grater, and then you and then you, you sh they shave it right. Like the waiter will bring the truffle, full uh -huh. truffle, and shave it on, like you know what they do with the cheese sometimes. Okay. And but they'll do it with a, with a truffle, and they they really cover your plate full. Oh. Which is kind of cool. It's, they're not giving you a little. If you're going to a high end and paying that much, uh -huh. they're giving you a lot, which is good. Hmm. And uh, that apparently it tastes great. I really want to try truffle now. Yeah. But, and yeah, they really add flavor is what I've heard. And you don't need to do anything to the truffle either. It's just a raw truffle. Interesting. You don't do anything to it. Uh, truffles can also be used uh, to make uh, in other things. Like there's truffle butter, truffle huh. oil, oh. uh, truffle sauce, truffle ice cream. Wow. And there's, they make a bunch of truffle skincare products. Interesting. Very Interesting. But like with uh, any industry that makes money, it can be exploited. Especially when you have two-pound truffles selling for $300,000. There is uh, kind of a black market truffling going on. <laughs> or a scam on Amazon. <laughs> I ordered my truffles three weeks ago. <laughs> like, sorry, they're going to be dead by now. But yeah, there is a black market, like mafia-run black market trades of truffles. Wow. There's a uh, truffle mafia, in, and it's mostly in Italy. Okay. Of course, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I bet his name's Tony, and you got <laughs> Louis over there. But uh, one one video I watched was a reporter was um, allowed to go to a deal. And it, it was like, 
what exactly what you think of of a drug deal. Like, oh yeah. One guy had a briefcase, <laughs> but instead of filled with like um, <laughs> drugs, it was completely full of truffles. With his couple, with a couple of cousins behind. Yeah, him. definitely. <laughs> and so one guy, yeah, one, he brought him the briefcase, and you got oh, oh, let me see the let me see the goods. He looks it up. Mm, those are some good truffles. And shuts it, and then gives him the money, and that's that. Oh, Isn't wow. that funny? Like yeah. so, there's a legit truffle trade and there's also a, one of the main problems though is um is that all these chinese truffles these bad the bad ones uh-huh. are being sent in and then they get mixed in with the good stuff oh. and that's what really that's what the uh, main truffle people don't like they yeah. they hate the chinese ones they but people bring them in to smuggle them in to try to um like sometimes it's like 30 percent of the oh. uh the package that they get is Chinese and the restaurant people know that and that's going to piss the restaurant people off so it's no yeah. good but they still sell it to it's them so frustrating when people get sleazy like that you know oh yeah oh you know we don't want something funny a little off schedule but same thing um, you know Iran has sanctions on it uh, from the United States they can't sell their oil well they got caught by India transport or uh, pumping their uh, oil from an Iranian tanker Onto one from Panama <laughs> to sell from oh, yeah. Panama. Same that. kind of thing you were talking about bringing the Chinese truffles in. And, and I, that that kind of stuff's up. just over it's, everything. But yeah, yeah hey, if it hits the truffle trade, it's it's hit everything. <laughs> yeah, God. like the pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, how they had the, the cheating pigeons. Yeah. yeah, people cheat on everything. Isn't it nuts? Yeah. But probably the biggest part of the whole truffle operation is well, you got to find them, right? Yeah, and. How do you find them? You gotta you train a dog, and the dogs are gonna find them. That's the main way to do it. And dogs are specifically trained as puppies to hunt for truffles, like you were saying with the um, turtle scent. Uh-huh. They use uh, truffle oil. Oh, okay. To help um, the puppies learn the scent and oh. train them that way. So same thing. But uh, some breeds are favored more over others. They need to have very good sense of smell, you know? Yeah. And so I'm going to go over the top five truffle dog breeds. Oh, okay. First up, and this is kind of like the main one. This is the ultimate one. It's a Legato Roma Roma Ganalo. I have never heard of that one. Yeah. Uh, they're interesting looking. Their fur makes them look like carpet. <laughs> they look like a carpet. Interesting. Or like a hairy rug. <laughs> and they're from Italy and widely used for their expertise in truffle hunting. Okay. So they, they, they are the best known ones for truffle hunting. Okay. Um, second, you have a Springer Spaniels. Okay. They're the, they're the oldest type of Spaniel ber, uh, breed. Um, third, Beagles. So okay, Beagles yeah. are really, and I know that Beagles also are used for drug sniffing mm-hmm. and for a number, they're, they're a sniffer, like you, like yeah. you said, a sniffer. Yeah. So they have a really floppy ears. And so I also found out they have, so they have 220 million scent receptors wow. in their nose. Humans have 5 million. So wow. <laughs> a lot more. Let's put it That's that way. That's crazy. And then the third dog or the one, another dog that's used is a Poodle's. Oh, interesting. Poodle, yeah, they seem kind of like a... Just because they're fancy. A yeah. bourgeois type of upper class dog, <laughs> yeah. of course. So Your of truffle course, is here. Um, Ooh, but I don't want to touch I the I don't dirt. want to get dirty. You dig it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're wearing slippers while they do yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, the last one is a Belgian Malinois. Malinois. Oh, yeah. 
Is that right? I think my friend has one of those. They kind of look like a German Shepherd. Uh, is that right? Was it? Kind of with a grayish coat, right? Yeah, the, kind of grayish. The, I only saw one picture of one, so oh, okay. I, I can't. Maybe I don't know. That's just what I got out of yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's not limited to those breeds. I've seen labs doing it too. Oh no, I know which one you're talking about. It, that does look like the German Shepherd. Okay. Belgium. So it's a it's a mix too. That's the, yeah, probably. It looks just it's like a German Shepherd, but I think the fur is a little bit. The fur's different, longer, lengthwise. Probably. Or I didn't I didn't look too much into that breed. Uh-huh. But yeah, lots of breeds can do it. Um, labs I've seen labs do this okay. before too. But they're uh, those are the top five. Okay. They're all good boys. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know something interesting I've, I've I've read and found out. You know why the the dogs have droopy ears? Why? Um, when they sniff, it's usually like the the ones that have the long ones, like a, like a beagle, mm-hmm. or a lot of hound dogs have the long. Yeah, ones. hound dogs. It's because what, when they're sniffing and they get down like this, their ears will touch the, the dirt too, and it kind of it just you know they barely touch it, but it it kicks up a little bit, so it'll kick things more airborne for them as they're sniffing around, so they wow. can oh they'll pick something up that might have been already settled in the dirt. You wow, know? that. Is- yeah, that's so. Isn't it amazing how animals adapt? To yeah, like, it's, it's so crazy. Yeah, but they, uh, that makes sense too. Yeah, the hound dogs that do that. Yeah. Um, but all right, one more last thing: uh, dogs aren't the only animal that are known to sniff up truffles. Oh, do you know what else there? What else is known to do it? Pigs. Pigs. Very good. Isn't that weird? It's, it's can they train them to do it or? Well, that's the bad part about pigs. <laughs> they're they're not, not at all. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> They have a bad habit of eating the truffles. <laughs> you literally have to grab it out of their mouth before they eat That's it. Funny. That's why they don't use That's pigs funny. very often anymore. I mean, you can train a pig a little bit, but the pigs are just have a bad habit of eating the truffles <laughs> before before you get them. And the dogs will sometimes do it too. Oh, do they? Yeah, um... but not like the the pigs. It's like every time <laughs> you got to wrestle it from them every time. But yeah, well, they can find them. Well, the way they say they're so tasty and they smell so good. I oh bet yeah, it's hard for them not to. I bet. But yeah, it's like I'm cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, truffles are uh, super interesting, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, next time I go to the Tuscany region, I'm going to <laughs> go on a truffle hunting trip. And you can. You, oh, really? You can go on, like, it's a kind of a little tourist industry. Oh, they let okay. tourists do it. So you just go and meet up, and they'll take you on a little truffle hunting trip. I remember um, you, Conan O'Brien, he does uh-huh. those bits where yeah. he goes out of the country. Yeah. He did a truffle hunting. Oh, really? Like a four or five minute clip of him going truffle hunting. And it was so <laughs> funny because I, I love Conan O'Brien. He's like my favorite. He's funny. But uh, he. This is funny. Like they found a truffle like way fast, and he's like, "Come here." He's talking to the camera. I think that they hit him before we got here because they knew we were coming. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just a funny video of Conan with uh, truffle hunting. But yes, you can do a uh, uh, truffle hunting trip. That would be interesting. It would be. I'd be way cool. And then they take you back. Whatever you find, they'll take you back and they'll make you a little meal. Oh, sweet! So you get to eat the truffles that you find a little bit. You probably have to pay a lot, but. That, oh, yeah. It could be worth it. Yeah. And Tuscany is a beautiful region, right? And right by Florence. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful city. And now I want to go there to drink some wine and eat some truffles. Oh, yeah. I just want to go there. It's cool. Oh. I've, I have been there. I beat How you out. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, Dave, that is going to wrap up part one of Working Dogs. Oh, man. That's not even enough. I want more. I know. It's fun, huh? Yeah. In part two, uh, some of the things I plan on covering, and it's not, I mean, subject to change if I find something else I like, but uh-huh. um, 
Uh, maybe some canine police dogs. Talk a oh, little okay, bit about yeah. that. I want to talk about greyhound dogs as racing dogs. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be that's going to happen. Uh, maybe some drug-sniffing dogs, therapy dogs, yeah. um, whatever else comes up. Or if any of the listeners have a good recommendation on some kind of working dog, we can do that. Hell, we can make it a three-parter if we need to. Yeah. So send in... If you know any dogs, you know, send us your pictures of your dogs too. We like, yeah. I'll tell them, I'll tell you that, that your dog is a good boy. <laughs> but, um, all right. So Dave, what can the listeners do if they want to help us out? Go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to, subscribe, rate, review, give us five stars, say something you like. It really helps us gain attention, gain more listeners, you know, kind of, kind of barks out our, our uh, plan here. <laughs> uh, if you want to really help us uh, dig down deep into your coffers and give us some, Moolah, if you know what I mean, to support the show. You can do that with PayPal or Venmo. Very good, Dave. Very good. Or send us truffles. Yeah, there you go. Let's go take it. <laughs> That's what we want. Yeah. Well, you can do that. You can find us on our email, forceofnaturepod at gmail.com on PayPal or on Venmo, uh, Matthew-Hamilton-51. And all that information is in the description below as well. And also, we still have some T-shirts. Oh, I'm currently wearing the T-shirt nice. right now. I wore it at work. I've been selling to my work friends because they are obligated to buy them because I'm their friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, we still got the T-shirts. They are twenty-four dollars and plus shipping and handling. Uh, so normally that comes to around twenty-eight dollars, give or take. Okay. For um in, in the, the in the U.S. Yes. Okay. Uh, it would be more international, but uh, yes, that is the best way to, if you want to get a t-shirt, um, just uh, send us a message on Facebook or on Instagram or email one of those, and then we'll work work it out for you. But it, it's super easy. It's not like it's hard. You just tell us your address, and that's that. Yeah, yeah get the teachers. They're, they're pretty sweet. Uh, surprisingly enough, my family wears their t-shirts. You know, they've got billions of clothes, and they're Disney freaks. Uh -huh. They have billions of Disney I say billions, but of course that's hypothetical. <laughs> I don't know, is it? It's a little hyperbole, but you know. Anyway, they wear that shirt commonly once mm -hmm. a week. You know, they they like it. It's yeah. good. Yeah. People at my work wear it. Yeah. I see them uh, like almost well, at least a couple, once a week. I'll see one of my work buddies wearing them. So yeah, they're nice shirts. They're good shirts. Yeah. So yeah, go buy a shirt or buy a truffle and send it to us. But either one. And to all the listeners, feel free to contact us if you ever want to. Tell us a cool animal-related story of you or someone you know, or if you want to suggest an episode idea, or, you know, just want to say hi, ask a question, please feel free. You can email us or message us on Facebook or Instagram. Also, help us grow by recommending us to family and friends. Tell them we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google. We're on all the platforms we need to be. Um, I don't think I have anything else. Dave, do you? No, I'm good. All right, well, how about you, Professor Cheetor? Gentlemen, I take back every word I said earlier. This was a very well-researched and well-put-together edition of the fantastic podcast known as Force of Nature. I'm very proud of you both, and you both get an A+. Okay, I said what you told me to. Now, may I please have the truffle that you promised me? Well, he, he did what we told him to, so yeah. let's give him, give him the truffle. All right, hold on here. Mmm, truffle. Mm, I would say any nonsense to get you. All right, well, uh, the professor might be uh, hooked on truffle now. Yeah, I think that worked out like we'd hoped. <laughs> That's going to be our new bit. He's addicted to truffle. <laughs> a truffle-addicted cheetah. <laughs> Who'd have thunk? Yeah. But, uh, this is Force of Nature Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Tell your friends. Be a part of building us up. And we will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>